Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Long time no see. I know. You're in my bedroom. <laughs> you're in your yeah, I'm in your bedroom. That's right. <laughs> I thought you meant your bedroom. But did I say I think I meant just I think I said you're in my bedroom, but if I didn't, it's key my brain. <laughs> well, you're also in your bedroom. So I'm that's not. what I Oh, you're not. I'm in, spare, oh. I'm in the spare bedroom. <laughs> oh, okay. Right on. Technically I am too, but this is your room. <laughs> it is. It is now. So Apprenticeship Diary listeners, I'm here today with uh, my very good friend. She's been on the co- podcast a couple of times, Nicole Stecka. <laughs> and we were, um, you were just in getting your head tattooed because, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? It's fine. It's, it's chilling. Fun. Oh, good. Awesome. My, my ribs and my butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were on a you were on a rampage of tattoo collection. Yes. Well, I went like what five six months without it, so I was craving it. It was since November. Yeah, man. It's so yeah. weird how fast time flies for me. Sure. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if it does for anyone else, but uh, uh, I I'm always like, well, that was, that was wow, that was a long time ago. No, I've lived a lifetime for sure. Yeah, like, no. Absolutely. I've lived like six lives since November. Well, I mean, let's get into it because this was something that, um, well, I mean, right away, I can say to our audience that you have been struggling with uh, getting a diagnosis of stage four breast cancer. And uh, so that's that's really where we're kicking it off at. And it, I'm sure it has been a lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And ever since that, though, it's been really awesome to me because you have been very open about sharing your journey. And what's really special about you is that you're also a a chemo nurse. So, you know, this is something that you're able to see from a multi-point perspective, unfortunately, but also fortunately. (laughs) Correct. And that's yeah. why I think I decided to be open about it is because like, I feel like I have to educate, like I can't turn the nurse off, even though I'm the patient. Yeah. And nor should you. I think that that's, uh, you know, if we were to speculate about any meaning whatsoever to this, I think that's, that's the uh, answer to that question. Why, at least that I can tell is a, a heightened level of discernment that you will have moving forward. Um to help people honestly and and give them your experience right um, then will only just go up yeah absolutely and it and what we were talking about too in regards to tattooing is i mean you've been my client for a long time now since what was it um 2000 like 14 maybe 15? I would literally have to go on my Instagram and look. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> I you know. Every tattoo, so I would just have to find the Pisces tattoo, but it feels like it's been like eight, eight-ish years. Yeah. Maybe yeah. at least. 
I feel like I feel like that. I think that's what we discussed. And um, you know, you've had you've had a lot of evolution just being a tattoo uh collector as well. So that was something we wanted to touch on as well. Um mm. <laughs> how how I've informed your tattoo collection process. <laughs> I mean, you've you've informed my experience so much i keep telling you that like with with each client i have my my perspective gains because if it were up to me i would just wall into my art and that's the benefit of being a tattoo artist is i get to sit in such intimate spaces with my clients and it's truly what fuels me and makes all the pain worth it you know it, it's true because uh like hairdressers and tattoo artists hold a special place because you think you're just going there for an act of service, but it ends up being so much more because I have cried in my hairdresser's chair. I have cried in your chair. Like I have been in therapy for six months, but no one understood that I needed to get in your tattoo chair. Like everyone's like, it's okay. If your labs aren't good enough, you'll be, you can wait a few weeks. And I'm like, you don't, y'all don't understand my mental health needs tattooing <laughs> right <laughs> so that's why I said like you are a special person to me because you are literally like you're I hold you as high in regards as my therapist like so you're like clonopin to me so. <laughs> well and, and you're it for all of your clients too you know all the patients that you see um you know that's that's what you exchange in that's what we all exchange in is that um uh you know giving comfort is, is a, is a therapy that I think people, people in the service industry and people in the healthcare industry really, really understand. And it's a, it's an uncomfortable space for a lot of people. I think, I think they don't want to understand it because it means that they're going to have to get close to something that's very scary to them, right. you know? And I understand that because that's, confronting and and you know uh but when when you I think walk into that fear the amazing things that are unlocked uh within your connection your potential with other human beings is really special I'm tearing up right now <laughs> I was gonna say there might be a joke crying because you know I'm a Pisces uh, uh Gemini Cancer over here but uh well I'm a cold-hearted fucking Virgo and I'm crying <laughs> well my lack of hormones is not helping so um yeah menopause at 30 is super fun <laughs> right. but, um what was I gonna say oh sh talking about strength and being afraid and shit like I was trying to eat breakfast the morning of Friday and I was like I'm fucking scared because I even though I have a leg sleeve and arm sleeve I was like I'm getting my damn head tattooed like what am I thinking but like, of course I had to take the opportunity, like my hair fell out. Like, of course that's, you just revealed more canvas. Like I'm the chick, you know, I'm known as the tattooed chick. So I have to like for me and for my badass self. So I was so scared, but like the second we got into it, I was just like, all right, this is fine. We can do it. And I know you probably haven't seen my newest TikTok today, but you will enjoy it because, uh, I love Sia's song, um, Unstoppable, but like, it's such a good song. And it just, I just it caught really... it. Just caught it. 
it, <laughs> it was it beautiful. really truly it made I feel awesome like I don't want to wear wigs anymore like I'm like Mm-mm. like yeah I mean why why have to um you know now that you have a flow and that's that's honestly the the thing that I think most people don't get about tattooing in general is that um it's like the the song I I put my armor on you Mm -hmm. know like this is a something that you put on just like you do anything where you're confronting the outside world that makes you feel like you can actually confront the day that you can actually do what you need to do and I think for women in particularly our hair is is so much that I mean I even admitted that to you you were like oh you can shave your head and I'm like yeah no (laughs) I'm gonna wait for when I have you know to confront that myself but But it was wild like I kind of like the hair was okay although like a few times like if I catch myself in the mirror it would make me cry or whatever but I which I lost my hair two and a half weeks after my first treatment and I had six treatments so it was really wild I, I did not lose my eyebrows and my eyelashes until the sixth treatment so that was really hard for me. That was dehumanizing. That was de-feminizing for me. Yeah. So I feel like I have to stamp on my brows and throw on a pair of magnetic lashes to feel human. I don't feel like I need hair to feel feminine now that I have beautiful headpieces. But yeah. um, like in general, like still, like as long as I had like enough makeup or, you know, my ears are very pierced, like I felt good. But like, if I have, if I didn't have anything on, then I didn't feel feminine. So I I feel like it's not so much the ball that is, is the facial hair that like you do need to define your face, brows define your face. End of story. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I, I tattooed my own on, so I empathize. Um, And I was close to letting you do it. Mine too. Rico was like, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, he is so funny, dude. He, (laughs) He was so, and if you had seen him when I was doing it on mine, he was like, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm tattooing on my eyebrows. He's like, uh, do you think you should be doing that? And I'm like, Irene, I'm kind of a tattooer. So I'll see what's going to go wrong. Doing it. He's like, do you, do you, I mean, and I said, babe, I draw on my eyebrows every single morning. I think that this is pretty standard thing for me. (laughs) I was like. You know, I was kind of, I think think the thing is it's not standard to see someone standing in the mirror tattooing their face. (laughs) Probably not. Well, and that, and, and, um, I think with men too, they have a, um, I think it just goes back to that, that trope that they always say, you know, like men expect their women to never change. Women expect their men to always change, you know, like, and, and, and it's kind of like, they don't really, you know, like you kind of, you know, like. You have to kind of love the man that you're with fully for what they are. And then as a guy, you have to kind of expect that your your woman is going to be pretty mercurial. And uh, we always change. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the beast. We're, you know, throughout our biology dictates it. Like we, mm-hmm. we really don't stay the same. Um, so it for wouldn't them, be natural if yeah didn't change at all. If you didn't grow, if you didn't mature learn from your mistakes you know you can repeat the same mistakes but like you should at least learn from them but oh absolutely and I think as the love grows and the connection grows and it's sated in those those value systems that are pure it does go beyond all the superficials but I think in the in the very beginning 
And I think too, at least with the men that I've dated anyway, they've lacked the vision that I have about my looks and what I'm aiming after. And so whenever they see me doing this kamikaze thing with like my looks, they're just like, oh my God, how's it going to be? I can't see it. And I'm like, I can see it. So relax. (laughs) Relax. Well, I gotta say, uh, Tommy is an amazing man. Like I will literally take off my wig and makeup and then he'll be like, babe, you're beautiful. Like he compliments me every day, whether I'm done up or not done up. And like, I've never had a man who has said that every single day. Yeah. Meant it. It's the same with Rico too. Like, I think he just panics when, I think most people panic when you confront, like we said, a a fear that they're not ready to confront or that they're like, you know, you're, you're pushing at a boundary that they would never cross. And, and you're like, well, you know, whatever, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. And then it, it makes them look at it and go, wow, you know. It was the same. Like when you said, you know, shave your head, I, I had to confront that and be like, yeah, no, I'm really attached. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really fucking attached to my hair right now. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I don't expect anyone to shave their head for me, even though Tommy is already a head shaver. But I'm telling you, we should create a little army of people who get this. I am going to do that. I even ribbon. drew it on, like just it wore off already because I had to wash my hands, but I even drew it on just to like try it out. And I was like, hell yeah. We did it's this beautiful. Perfect. I know. She's so cute. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, before we convene today, we'll have to have you like flipping off the camera and I'll have to take a screenshot of you. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Plus yeah, I it's been great. You. Plus, I sent you all the pictures and videos of our weekend. So that's true. That's use true. Whatever you want. That's right. We it's can always good do that. weekend. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, one of the things that I'm really trying to do now moving forward within tattooing is um, have it be a sacred space like we had this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it it can be anything but that for me now. I mean, of course, there's still a money exchange and all of that stuff, but I really feel like it's out of integrity uh, if if I do it for the money and if I do it in a way that is only championing my art, because then it takes away from what we can do together. And I think that's a greater thing. And that's more of what I want to be a part of. Right. And like low key, uh, my mom was like texting me last night and like really pushing for like, Oh, like you must've spent like lots of money and like sending dollar signs and shit like that. And I'm like, no, actually like, Amy was very gracious plus she won't let me like tip her or anything and she's like she just like had something to say about it I'm like mom what do you you fucking care like Amy's literally my friend uh two of my tattoos were for cancer you know uh I know plenty of tattoo artists that will tattoo mastectomy scars for free so like if you wanted to, you charge me what you wanted to charge me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with you. And like the fact that like my mom had like, if you would think you would be like, oh, well, good for you. You're getting beautiful artwork for la- not so expensive. Like, I mean, I-, I was just beside myself. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, and, and that's the other thing is that like, you know, um, both of us, you know, depending on life struggles, mine certainly, at least that as far as I can tell, is not equal at all. But like, both of us have very firm mothers that just won't 
stop parenting us no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, and, and I do think that that's, you know, I think that's their way of loving us. It sucks kind of, but I think that that's their way. It's just like, a, yeah. you know, I and I do during mom. That's all. Yeah. And, and, um, they'd have to, they'd have to have walked in our shoes, you know, like I, I don't presume to know what my mom's gone through. You know, I, I've, I've kind of, I really want to know more about it because that's what I'm interested in because I feel like I, I get closer to her when I hear more about what her story has been. Like if she's, if the direction is not on me and she's just telling me about something that happened to her, I, I want to be there. But it, it's the second when she like zeroes in on me that I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, like you, you, you only have a very fraction view of what's going on. And I get it. You produce me and everything, but I am a whole other being. <laughs> right. And I can say the same for like, even just my cancer journey in general, because like my family created a perception of what was going on in my house, but nobody knows, but me and Tommy, like me and Tommy have gone through it. And I was sitting there um, one day, we were hanging out with his friends and they started asking me questions. They're like, do you mind? And I'm like, no, like, I don't mind. Like I'm always open to questions. I'll, I'll answer you as best as I can, you know? And I was talking about the swelling issues I had with radiation and they were like, oh my God, I had no idea you dealt with that. Like people only see, you know, oh, she lost her hair or I'll post like IVs and stuff like that when I'm getting chemo. I got a port, I lost a port, like, but nobody knew like that, like I was so weak, I couldn't walk that, like I had to switch completely from showering to to baths. Like the list goes on. The fact that I reacted to the first chemo they ever gave me, needed blood at some point. Like I checked off too many boxes of things I didn't need to suffer (laughs) with on top of this diagnosis. And nobody fucking knows that, you know, like nobody knows unless you sit down and tell them everything that you've been through. And that's why I was like, Oh, write a book. And I'm like, I don't want to, I'm not a writer, I'm not a writer but. but, but you're, you're, I I'm really excited because you keep putting information out on TikTok and making videos and sharing your journey. And, um, before we wrap today, definitely, I'm going to have you shout that out so we can grow some following and, and, um, so that you can keep informing people because I learned a lot from you. Um, you know, the first thing was just, uh, you know, right away, understanding all you had to mourn you know, uh, that, that initial thing is enough for me to, to really have a perspective because, you know, you, you were looking to get married this year Mm -hmm. and so much of your plans had to change. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of yielding to something that you do not want to yield to to, to make room for just healing yourself. I mean, I can't imagine when your whole task is just healing yourself. Yeah. Like my whole 2023 got turned upside down and like, that's why I so desperately needed the tattoos, like for some sense of normalcy, like, Oh yeah. 
ridiculous, but. Well, and um, so I met a, a young woman today at church and um, she was new to our church. She was coming from an, another place, but she had tattoos. She was excited to meet me. And she was like, you know, like yeah, I, I was told I need to meet you. And I was like, yeah, yeah it would yeah. seem so. And, um, you know, she was talking about how um, she was, you know, not well endowed in the chest area. And I said, well, honestly, I'm, I'm envious of you because um, you can wear a lot more things that I can't wear. Um, mm-hmm. And also once you tattoo it, because she was talking about getting a tattoo there. And I was like, once you tattoo it, you're going to rock it like crazy. It's not going to matter. It's like piercing your nipples. You yeah, instantly confidence. It just happens. <laughs> I think it's just something about when I try to explain it to people, I'm like, you know, yeah, there's lots of things physically I can do to change the paradigm that is my body, but there are many things I can't do. And there's many things that I'm prisoner to that I have to just deal with. And when you put a beautiful tattoo on it, it's an embracing of something that you love almost more. And I love art and I love communion with another artist and I love friendship and all of those things. So you know, the tattoos that I have are expressions of that kind of connection, my love of art. And when people are looking at me, I mean, I don't know what they're actually thinking, but I know what I'm thinking about what they're thinking. I'm thinking they're looking at the art and I'm, I'm, you know, I go out in the world thinking, wow, like, like we said, it's like an armor. It's, it's this thing that you get to dictate what somebody sees. And instead of just leaving this mystery in the air, And, you know, usually if it's a beautiful tattoo, like I tell most people, like it doesn't have to be, and we've discussed it, you know, you discussed it the other day with your rose. Like, I can just say I like roses Mm -hmm. if I don't want to go into it, Mm -hmm. but there's a huge meaning for anybody that I want to actually break bread with or like go into vast detail with, you know? And I, I think that that's how I always try to sculpt tattoos is I want it to be evocative enough that when people look at it, they're like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. But they don't know the story until they're willing to open their face and connect with you in a way that would make you want to say something to them that's meaningful, you know? Right. And you taught me that. And that's what made me want to always get images rather than like words or dates or anything like that. Like you just, you know... Cause I thought about writing cancer on the side of my middle finger. And I was like, I don't want the word cancer. And I was like, Oh my God, a little ribbon. What a great idea. You know, like it's, it's just, I, I feel like you, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, uh, it, it just, I don't know. It's, it's, it is kind of like that whole thing when people say is like, I'm, I'm decorating my temple. You know, I'm, I'm putting things on me that I know I can wear and that I can own and that I can speak about. And, um, you know, that's something that, again, going back to that whole, like, it can't be my art because that's my story. And when somebody is marking themselves for forever, I believe that needs to be an ownership of their story. I'm just supposed to help them coach through the art process which most people I'm learning more and more and more are completely ignorant of that like Mm -hmm. it's amazing to me because it's so much a part of my like dialogue and communication style that I'm like whoa I am like 
I don't even know, like upper echelon Ivy League college level. <laughs> and I'm talking to like usually kindergartners most of the time. And it's like, okay, well, it's meet in the middle here. It's fine. It has to meet you, but I want to elevate it and, and teach people about art collection because that's that's why you're paying a professional. Hmm. You know, we were talking about that too. Um, I tell people all the time, like, you have to find an artist that you're comfortable with because you need to be able to tell them if you don't like something or if you picture something in your head, but you can't express it with words. I have literally screenshot my body part, scribbled on it and sent it to Amy and she's figured it out. Like we literally joked that it was like that thing. It's like what you see on Pinterest versus what you make, like what I drew versus what she created but it helps. So like, just be honest, say like, I want to move it here. or I'm not really feeling that shade of that pink, you know, like just speak up and you'll end up with a beautiful art piece. And people need to listen to their tattoo artists as well. Cause you taught me a lot about like planes of the body and stuff like that. And like something that I thought was going to look good some way. And then you showed me a completely different way. And I'm like, wow, that looks so much better. So I think people need to trust their artists because like I've trusted you and I've trusted like my hairdresser. Like when I got my last haircut right before um, I started chemo, we took out my hair, hair extensions because, you know, I was the long hair girly. And she's like, what do you want to do with your natural hair? And I was like, surprise me. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm feeling like, you know, that shag layery kind of thing. But you do you. And she was like, oh my gosh, what? Like, you don't have any pictures of inspiration. I'm like, no, I trust you. I've been going to you for years. I know you're good at what you do. Go off. Yeah. (laughs) And people don't do that enough. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and I feel like, um, well, and it, it goes both ways, man. Like, you know, us as tattoo artists, I mean, I know this is not going to be something that a lot of tattooers, like I got, I got kind of, a lot of pushback by this one guy that that blatantly asks i won't put his name out there because it's not important the story does count though mm-hmm. he blatantly asks he's like do you think it's okay you know to put headphones on and just wall in you know mm-hmm. go and i answered i was like that's fine as long as in the consultation you make that known that that's your best way to work because you have to lead your your client into working with you well if you don't give them a good view of what they're coming into, it's really it's really hard for them to meet you there. Because like I said, you know, my understanding of what I do is so far up here that I could be shouting orders down to you, but you can't hear me because I need I need to come down. I need to come down, meet you where you're at, inform you of everything that's going on, because this is my every day. It is not your every day. It's it's. Right. It will be your forever, which is important. And that's what I need to keep in mind is that this is not about me. And <laughs> and also like people are all over social media now. So if they have a bad experience at a tattoo place, they're going to talk about it. They're going to throw the name out there. Thank God. Know. <laughs> yes. But like I've had, I've been tattooed by three different people and I can honestly say no one's ever been like, put in headphones, do their thing. Don't even want to communicate with me. Like, obviously each person I got like closer and closer with, like the guy who tattooed me when I was 19, very nice, pleasant, just made sure I was okay. 
you know, then me and you, we started off as strangers and we became actual legitimate friends. That does not happen all the time, but with us, it did. And then um, the third person I get tattooed with was a friend of a friend. So I felt comfortable, you know, but like, you know, they still ask like, Hey, what do you feel like listening to? And like me and you tattooed two days in a row. And one day we listened to heavy shit, (laughs) you know, heavy, (laughs) which Amy was like, it was, she's like, this is your heavy Nicole. (laughs) You delicate little Pisces. (laughs) Um, It was like, yo, we're tattooing my butt. We're tattooing my ribs. Like let's put on some fun, like Mm -hmm. vibes. Yep. Yeah, like I do think I would have commented on that post and been like, I would not go to an artist who immediately puts in headphones and does not talk to me because they don't know if I'm hurting. They don't know if I'm hungry. They don't know if I have to pee. They don't know anything because they're just in. And most people are too quiet to say like, hey, like it's this it's the thing with like oh you like you don't like your haircut but you pay for it and then you go cry about it in your car like no like this person is working on your body you know your 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 blood's being exposed shit like that like you should be able to openly communicate comfortably and that's, that's what people need to realize is like it doesn't have to be a scary thing and even like uh parents getting their kids ears pierced take them to piercers at tattoo shops. They'll do it with a needle. That's safer than a gun at piercing Pedoga. Like you don't understand your kid is like your, your cartilage is traumatized, your, your infection rate. Like I know they're five and it seems scary, but teach them that, Hey, just because someone is covered in tattoos, they might be the nicest person you've ever met. My piercer is scary looking i love him he has his you know his um cornea tattooed a lot of body modifications head to toe tattooing head to toe piercing like sweet as pie like he has sat there and listened to me cry he has not charged me for certain things because like i went to him like help helping me swap my jewelry in and out for mris Mm -hmm. because you got to take everything out so i had plastic pieces in there so like, don't judge a book by your cover, uh, its cover and teach your kids, right. You know, like teach your kids yeah. that pe- humans are human, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, the, the person at the piercing pagoda, they could have been hired three days ago and, right. and, and they, it's like, a right. whole puncture. <laughs> oh, it's real easy. Just, you know, you just aim, you know, you put a dot there, get their, con- you know, consent, sign this little thing and then just light them up. Oh my God. Or the people that are buying tattoo, like this happened because of the freaking quarantine. Like people started looking for tattoo machines on Amazon and now they're tattooing themselves. Like that is so dangerous, mm-hmm. so dangerous. And TikTok makes that dangerous because people are like, look, here's what I did. Here's the link. And it's like, oh, cool. You were 16. Now maybe a 14 year old's going to do it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's just scary. And that's why I'm glad I'm 30 with no kids right now, honestly, because it's, it's a terrifying world. It is definitely a, a harder atmosphere for parents to corral with that. And, you know, it, um, I, it, it's for anybody who's listening that has tried to do that. I will say that, um, you have to be very careful in this world where there's so much access to those things because us as tattoo artists, uh, we're, we're not going to look kindly 
on somebody who tries to skip uh, the steps to getting to where we are. We're, we're not going to look kindly on that. And if you, if look, if you want to constantly self-teach and you want to do it the absolute hardest way ever, um, then go for it. Um, you, and I'll pray for you that you don't catch a lot of viruses. And I really hope that you self-contain those kind of things to yourself. Perspective, like you're using needles on your body, this, that, and the other. Like, what if nurses tried to teach themselves? Yeah, that's scary. You know, like we, we need a degree for a reason. You guys apprentice for a reason. You go to art school for a reason. Like whatever your route is to get to where you are as a tattoo artist, like I still feel like you need someone to show you how to do it. Because it's nursing, we say, see one, do one, teach one. Yes. At least ask. So like, for example, the young lady that I met today, she was telling me about what she wanted to do for her future. Mm -hmm. And she was saying how her sister really wanted her to get the kind of degree in personal training because that's she what she wanted to do that would be college accredited and I said well here's my view where do you want to work do you want to be independent as a person just right out the gate or do you see yourself working at a gym specifically and then branching out from there and she said, well, there's a, there's a gym actually specifically that I want to work at. And I said, well, what I would do is I would call them because if what you have in your mind is that you really want to work here, then contact the people that you want to work for and ask them what it takes and, and at the, and listen, because mm-hmm. if they say you need to do this, then do that. Um, you know, source don't try to because sometimes people overthink it like they think that they got to do all these things I don't think it's necessary like you said whatever you need to do but if what you want really is to work at a certain place or you know call the call a person that actually works there and find out what they need because if that's that's where you want to start I think it's a good idea to do that um, and then fulfill whatever they ask if you're if you're asking somebody online more often than not, they're going to say, Hey, I can't see you. I can't monitor you. What I can offer you is that you do this. And usually it's going to be in the regard in the realm of tattooing more art, do more art. Cause if you do a lot of art, you're going to attract, you know, people looking at you. And that's always a good thing, no matter what. And there's so many avenues that you can go with art. If you just learn how to do art, if you use that as the foundation, but if you, if, if you just jump right to tattoo artists, other tattoo artists are not gonna, are are not gonna look at that kindly at all, because they're, they're going to have to unlearn a lot of things that you have taught yourself that are not great. And, and it's also a bad attitude that they're working with already, because you are, so convicted that you you know know all these things and that you did all this and it's the the simple truth is you you did it the hard way when you could have just asked (laughs) you could have just asked too with like (laughs) nurses behind us so i i know exactly what you're talking about i get the vibe yeah yeah and i and i get where it's scary too because we also talked about that too like past nurses I think the timeline, just like old tattoo artists, they went through a whole revolution of, you know, uh, 
just workplace issues, sexism, a whole bunch of different stuff, you know, like value systems. Mm -hmm. Huh? Like some gentle hazing, you know? Yes. Yeah. Gentle. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, they've been through the muck and sometimes I think it's hard for them to look past their pain to realize that they might be reciprocating that pain in the next generation instead of just trying to make sure that their life is a little bit better and easier and more about just getting to the knowledge and getting to a a job well done um, than whatever their personal hangup is. And Mm -hmm. I think that's hard for anybody, you know? Um, I've definitely ran into that in the tattoo world. Um, There's a lot of abuse and it's, it's mostly because they're in this one, there, there's no regulation, at least in Maryland for it. So not that I'm a big fan of that, but it does give you kind of a nice baseline to judge people's uh, education in and, you know, where they're coming from. And it just kind of sets the tone where you can really build upon that. Um, but if they're coming with nothing and there is nothing to really go off of, you're you're really just shooting from the hip, man. And it has been everybody from every different corners of whatever. And a lot of lot of power plays, a lot of bullshit has been a part of I know, I know my profession. Yours too. It it just that stuff I think was way, way further in the past and has, you know, had more time to become you know, more streamlined to what it is today. Um, Cause I, you know, barbering, uh, which is the second oldest profession to prostitution, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. That was actually when the medical community branched off because barbers used to be barber surgeons and used to do minor um, surgeries. And then the regulatory bodies wanted to split them because they found, you know, a lot of disconnect between the things that they were doing and they wanted to like isolate them a little bit more and have one go more one way and one go more the other. And, um, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a jack of all trade, you, you, well, as, as Ron Swanson would say, never half-ass anything, full ass. <laughs> so everything. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you, when you concentrate your practice in a very pointed way, I think you have a much better able, you know, ability to give people, um, you know, your expertise in a certain area. If you can do that, I do think it's essential if you're going to do that to have other people that, you know, that are connected to you to refer to people, a network of, you know, preferred professionals, which the medical community does as well. But it's the same in the hair world. It's the same in the tattoo world. Like if I can't do it, I have about a half dozen friends that I know I can. Right. Yeah. Send someone to. It's having the humility to say, I'm not interested in your, in the piece you're talking about. I think this person can actually do it better for you. Mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. uh, it takes a big person to do that. Some people will just tattoo whatever walks through the door. Yep. That doesn't mean they're going to do it well though, you know? But like you said, you want to work on calligraphy and this, that, and the other, like you've already, like you have your specialty. So now you can branch out and start learning new things. Like I was an ICU nurse for five plus years. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to branch out to oncology, you know? So I chose a specialty. So like, I think that's kind of like, that's different than just being like, oh, I can tattoo anything that walks through the door. Like you really want to tattoo what you're interested in because you know you're going to put your heart and soul into it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've done it a million times, you know, so you know, you're going to be good at it. Oh, absolutely. And it's down to a lot of things, you know, like, uh, I, I might, it, it might not even be bound in the actual idea. It might be just the personality. You know, I've seen people kind of glaze over before when I've started talking to them about my process and they're just kind of like, wow, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, it might be for you. <laughs> like it, it really might be for you. You might be just that walking kind of person who, you know slaps a design in front of somebody you want that very easy very immediate transaction and um you know I get that I get that uh it's not how I acquire a tattoo and it's not how I do it but um I understand (laughs) you know yeah no you made me full princess status now I'm like nope I like my one-on-one time you know yeah it is to communicate yeah no no and I for me for me, that's the only way to go about it at this point. And I, I really, as an artist, find that a challenge because um, I don't get to stay in a space that's comfortable for me. It makes mm-hmm. me flex a lot of different muscles, um, which, you know, tattooing, oh, sorry, I, I hit something. <laughs> um, tattooing in general is, you know, per person is a different story and everything. So it in itself is a profession that I think you have to keep you have to keep learning about same with the medical community too. I'm sure like there's just new things that you recognize just time in it will mm-hmm. produce such amazing things. Like you gave me a great tip the other day about uh techoderm. Oh yes. I, um, I was actually driving home and I was going to start a te- uh, checklist of things I wanted to talk about with you today. And one of the things I was going to say, anybody who gets a, a techoderm sanoderm placed on their tattoo if they're having issues, I just saw on TikTok some girl doing it in the hot shower, which I have done before. Hot water definitely helps. But if you happen to have the little alcohol pads or just a uh, regular rubbing alcohol that you can put on a paper towel and just like start slowly working at the edges and peeling it up, like it's that's how I take my tigerderms off my IVs on men who have like hairy arms and like it will not pull off the hair. It'll take a few, but like, if you take your time and you really work slowly, like it's not like a bandaid, don't rip it like a bandaid. No. And do a not lot do of people rip it like a bandaid, but like you pieced it together. So with so many, like, of course, it's going to take us some time to peel it off mm-hmm. and I'll either use a hot shower or some alcohol pads, but yeah. Pro tip, pro tip. So yeah, I, I learned that and I didn't know that. I, I just was like slow and steady, man. And just, you know, kind of bite your lip a little, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like when, you know, subvert the pain somewhere else, but it, you know, it sucks, but you know, that's the, that's the thing. We're not talking about things that are easy to get to, you know, yeah. like there are things that you have to really want. And, um, you know, I think the, the funniest question is the one, does it hurt? Because <laughs> It's like, dude, if you're already asking that, it hurts too oh much. God. It hurts too much for you. <laughs> it hurts. Any time I wear shorts. <laughs> Did that hurt? No, it tickled, honey. No. Like, what do you expect? And then and then the conversation we had about people being like, oh, well, I got this on my ribs. Ribs are easy. If you had a 15-minute piece, you do not <laughs> understand no haven't had your ribs pounded over an hour you don't understand ribs do hurt feet hurt knees hurt elbows hurt do you know how many how many um i'm sorry male 
uh, listeners, but you know how many male sleeves fade out around the elbow? And then me and Amy were like, nah, we're going to put a realistic sunflower directly on your elbow. Like, and I, and someone asked me what was worse, skull or elbow? And I'm like, I don't know. It was pretty freaking close, honestly, to be the, the elbow was that bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just like, you can't say something doesn't hurt when you only have teeny tiny ones. Like I didn't think they hurt either. Yeah. And I committed to a leg sleeve. And we know as women, like every tattoo session can be different. We can experience where our hormones are off or we're coming on our periods, coming off our periods. Like, oh my God, it feels like the worst thing ever. I accidentally discovered that I shouldn't have gotten a small tattoo during radiation treatment. Like I started radiation, hadn't had chemo yet. I got this little Pokemon tattoo on the side of my leg and it felt worse than anything. And I'm like, it shouldn't hurt, but it was because my skin was so sensitive. So it's like, people don't understand that. Like you, I've sat for eight fucking hours, you know, like people ask me like, Oh, how many hours, how much money? And I haven't counted, but you can tell, just look at my body, you know, like, I, I don't, I never wanted to keep track of the total number of hours we spent because Half the times we're messing around anyway. (laughs) Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy, but it doesn't stop there, everyone. Like it's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge and I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. Well, and that's the thing too, is that like, um, you know, Rico's whole saying, uh, if you're stuck in the past, you're angry. If you're worried, you're usually stuck in the future. And I think tattoos are really a big celebration of the now. And it's about being present. You know, most people use it as a time to just do one thing, you know, just be in one place doing one thing. And that's a very rare thing to do nowadays. And, um, I think it's a celebration of that. And, um, you know, to, to catalog it, I guess, you know, some people like to catalog like that, but for me, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, the tattoo is there. You can always access it. You can always like, look at it and remember back and things like that. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just important to stay in the moment. And if I were to, to, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not attached to that. Like, I, I guess that's what some people do is like, oh, how many? I, I'm like, I don't exactly. know. Man. Like, like, I have a I, I don't <laughs> know how many. Like, we, we said seven tattoos in two days, but like, most of them are touch ups, you know, two, you know, yeah, three of them are brand new, you know, but it doesn't matter. Like, who, who cares? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I touched seven different places exactly. on your body. You know, I seven yeah. tegaderms <laughs> to rip, rip off. Oh Just my kidding. god! I, I, I already like, took, that's, that's I took my thingies off this morning. There you go. That's awesome. Good. Uh, but yeah, they uh, good, good, good. Um, we didn't do a lot of trauma to them. Um, so I think they should be all right. But yeah, the the um, 
there's so much that I've learned from you with uh, chemotherapy that you've helped me with. Like I, I found out about my knee and I've shared that on the podcast, but when I was having a really bad night with, um, it was my knee and I was also having terrible, terrible menstrual cramps and it was just keeping me up. And it was right after I'd seen you. And I was like, Nicole just told me that her bones and her veins hurt. Mm-hmm. Like her veins, like hurt. lumps from the chemo. I, I, right. Like, I think, I think that that, like, if I try to imagine that, like, I'm all right, like, I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> like, it's not like, chill out, Amy, like, take, take a fucking, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory, you know, stop being crazy and, and realize that your veins could hurt. And, but, you know, you know, you, there's always someone else you can put yourself, uh, you can put the, yourself in their shoes and, um, you know, comparing trauma, like whatever is trauma is trauma. But like, I remember when I was first getting my diagnosis and I was still trying to work as a chemo nurse, one of the patients that I really, really love, like very young guy, 32 ish, you know, um, I was trying to document on him. And then I had like an insurance issue pop up. So I, I uh, reached out to the billing girl and she's like, oh yeah, he lost his job today. And here I'm like, oh my God, my job is giving me all this flexibility. I can call out this many times now I'm on continuous leave. Like, and I just felt so bad for him. And that's, you know, that's wild that like, you know, there's always someone with something worse. Like, yeah, I might have stage four breast cancer, but like, I might be okay. Whereas someone else is not going to be okay. You know, um, you know, someone might need a mastectomy. I have, I'm fortunate as of right now to still have my natural breasts. So, you know, and if, and if that changes, it changes. I mean, there's not, everyone tells me, oh, you're so brave. You're so brave. What the fuck else do I have to do except be brave? Like I've literally been told if you, if you let it take over you, it will. I have to be positive. Rico's been telling me since freaking November, you have to mentally beat <laughs> cancer. And I was too goddamn depressed to actually see it. But now that I have enough strength and energy, he's fucking right. You, I can't let it take over me. That's why I'm in physical therapy, making my hips stronger because I lost a lot of that, even though I'm like, oh, I'm 30, I'll bounce back. Guess what? No, no, I will not bounce back because- I went through something traumatic and I have to accept that, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the, the positivity and the mentality really matters. Like I have learned to cut certain people off. I've learned to protect myself and even putting a badass piece on my head is protection. Cause if I'm going to pump my own gas, you think someone's going to fuck with me? not knowing that I'm a a sad little Pisces who would probably crumple, but like, I look like a badass now. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like you said, armor. So. Yeah. No, you said it. I'm just reiterating because you put out the song. It's in the song. Um, It's so true though. And I, I think about that in the same way as my grandmother, for example, you know, like when she was getting older, she wouldn't let a day go by without getting her hair done and died. She was like, nobody in the nursing home. I I mean, it was an assistant Mm. care. It wasn't a nursing home, but 
nobody here dyes their hair. All of them have gone white. Like, I don't know what I'm even doing anymore. And I'm like, you're rocking it, grandma. Like, she's like, I just don't feel right unless I do it. And I do think that that was her, that was her like pre-fight hype, you know, like that was her thing that just made it easy to get up and do things. And like you said, you know, walking into it saying, you know what, it's, this is all I, I, I have to face it and what will help Mm -hmm. me face it. And, you know, I got to get physical therapy and all that stuff. I mean, that was like me, you know, like, all right, well, nothing's going to cure this. So I better get my ass in a pool and I better start. I better start. I told you that first TikTok that got a lot of attention. It's like, um, so many people were commenting, oh my God, I have this pain and that pain, like running to my doctor now, or like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be ignoring this. Like if I helped anyone realize like if I helped you realize that you you should get your knee pain looked at like you know like I was ready to support you if it was cancer you know we were going to support each other like we were ready and I'm of course happy it wasn't like you know I don't feel any Mm -hmm. type of way and it's funny because like someone who doesn't know me very well I was getting a lot of gifts in the beginning but someone who doesn't know me very well got me a candle that was like I wish we could take your pain and give it to some bitch that we hate. And I would never, I would never, I would know if that's how you don't, you don't know me. Cause you would know that I would yeah. never wish this on anybody. Yeah. I think to myself yeah. all the time, I, why me? But I don't think why not this person, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's just, it is funny. Yeah, it is funny, but I have not. Yet cause I'm but so yeah, weird. but you were, but you wouldn't be the nurse that you are if that was the way that you thought. Like, I, I, I don't think you would even want to be a nurse if that's what motivated you. But unfortunately, you. I've heard the upcoming nurses are the mean girls of the classrooms. And like, so it just sucks that knowing that the generation of nurses behind us aren't doing it for caring. I literally was told by an 18 year old, I want to be a travel nurse. Not, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a travel nurse because when COVID was so horrifying, they had to pay nurses six figures plus just to get them there to deal with way too many patients than they should be dealing with in very unsafe Mm -hmm. conditions you 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 want that you want you want to travel around and make the money yeah it's about the money that's pretty fricked up because like as I went through clinicals I was like oh I like this I could be a mental health nurse oh I like this I could be a pediatric nurse oh I like this I could be a a maternity nurse like we hardly ever talked about traveling and it really wasn't even talked about until COVID became a thing because it was such a huge change in salaries and, yes. but you know what? It sucked for the the nurses that were stuck at their jobs. You know, I was working the three shifts that I could, that I had to work, you know, dragging myself to work. And then there's someone who's picking up shifts, making triple what I'm making and having fun with it, you know, whereas my mental health is plummeting and they're having fucking fun with it. You know, there's different, there's different nurses and you can tell, and I've worked with good nurses and I've worked with bad nurses, not even bad, maybe lazy or just the wrong reason. But I'm the kind of nurse that when my inflammatory breast cancer patient, this was back in the ICU, 
looks at me and says, I just want to see my Chi-Chi one more time, which Chi-Chi is her little dog. Uh, you go straight to your assistant <laughs> nurse manager. You say, how can I get Chi-Chi into this building? And guess what I did? And she yeah. got the next day. Yeah. And I will never oh. forget that I did that for her. What if I just brushed yes. that off? What if, what if I was like, ah, the, we're not allowed to have dogs in here. I had already seen my assistant manager drag a dog as big as her into a man's room when she was still a floor nurse. So it's like, I know she's going to say yes to a little dog because we have separate stairwells, yeah. but like, it's sad. I, I think, and I think that goes for tattoo artists too. Like some people are doing it for the wrong reason. Like some people don't realize that there is that therapy side of it. And if you do want to sit there and put in headphones then you don't realize that you're not fully healing that person, you're not helping that person heal. You know? Correct. Well, and, and that's the thing is that like, with that particular case, he got real defensive of my, my reply. And then he was like, Oh, so should I, you know, like, does a doctor have to like, basically asserting that if you have a degree and you're the expert, you don't owe anybody an explanation. And I'm like, actually, and I you said actually, this, this is the ahead. exact opposite. It's called informed yeah. consent. You literally yes. have to explain everything and then get the patient to sign it that says, I understand everything the doctor told me. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I, I followed up with. And he deleted my because comments. Because people don't like to be, they, they, they're they like, fuck, I'm wrong. And yep. instead of just being like, you know what? You're right. Thank you for educating me on that. People are pussies. And mm -hmm. they're like, you know what? I'm going to delete my little comment. And that's why like sit behind a keyboard yeah. is nothing like have a face-to-face -face conversation with me, you know, like, yeah. And that's why I am trying to yeah. educate because that's, it's just ridiculous that if you think doctors don't educate their patients, it was even like with all the mask issues, someone was trying to say something about like, oh, this isn't necessary. And they're like, okay, well then surgeons will stop wearing them in the OR then if you don't think it's necessary and we'll just breathe into your intestines and that's fine. You know, like it is sometimes necessary and you just listen oh, to yeah. the professionals when they're, they're telling you, you know, and or at the very least, you know, like, if you are asking the question, then respect that you're going to get right. answers. Like, you know, if you're on a public platform and you're asking a question and you just say go, then why are you getting defensive when you get an answer? Right. You know, like it, it's crazy to me. It's like, okay, well, it might not be an answer you like. But don't delete the comment. I mean, the only thing I can say about him for his sake is he didn't unfriend me, but I did send him a personal uh, message that basically said, listen, I I went back because I was curious as to what you had to say to my reply to, to your very aggressive like retort to my very in passing, just chill, like, hey, just let me know that you like to wear headphones. Mm -hmm. you, you got real aggressive with me. So I was really curious how you di digested my reply to your reply yeah. and I saw that you deleted my comments and I was like which lets lets me know that you have zero interest in anything that professionals have to say so I'm quite sure that you have zero interest in what your what your clients actually and I gotta want. say it probably and had something to do with you being a fucking woman because I'm telling you might. they do not like to be wrong when it comes to us you know, like I just saw something, uh, it was a podcast and um, they were, the guy was like, divorce is wrong. 
it should never happen. And they're like, well, what if someone's being abused? They're like, they should work through it, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know, the wife should just deal with it. And then, and then they're like, well, what if, what if the wife's cheating on the husband? And they were like, divorce immediately, da, 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 da. And then like, she was like, so you think divorce is worse for children uh, when the wife is cheating than when the wife is being abused? And he had like nothing to say. And like, and he got really angry. Like, I don't know why people are getting so angry nowadays and they're so opinionated and this, that, and the other, like, take a breath and have a conversation. If it doesn't go the way you like, okay, it's a conversation, you know, like you hear these stories of people ringing doorbells and getting shot. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Take a breath, dude, take a a pin. (laughs) But, uh, well, yeah. There's so much noise right now. Um, like that's that's the sad thing is that um there was a book that a friend of mine told me about, but I think it 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 commented on the the idea of the like the big noise. You have to you have to learn to silence the big noise and and shut out a lot of that stuff and kind of you know center yourself around what is actually I mean they say the same thing about anxiety, you know, like be present, you know, touch things around you, like, like concentrate on how it feels, like just start, start saying, okay, I'm okay. Nothing is actually happening to me. But I think when you, when you listen to things so far outside of your realm of control, it, it creates this powerlessness. And I do think men struggle with that because their biggest insecurity is inadequacy so if like that's challenged in any kind of way i think that that's where they really and i think it's really impactful when a woman does it because you know they want to we're attractive to Mm. them they want us to be attractive to them i don't right and yeah and i don't think they really like to feel I don't like, I don't think they like being angry yeah. with us. Like, I really and don't. Likes because it, it causes... I don't like being wrong. You know? so no, it's not a no dude thing to not want to be wrong. <laughs> but... No, but I do think that they, in, in the face of a woman, there is something that, um, that whether they want to admit it or not, I do think they struggle with um, having a woman stand in that space. As women, I do think that we always try to do it as men do it. And that's where we, that's where we fall mm-hmm. short. Um, because I do think our, our tact needs to be a little bit more. And I know that sounds awful, but I do think our tact needs to be a little bit more um, softer and, and kinder so that we're not emasculating them as we're correct. Right. We can still be correct <laughs> without cutting their balls off. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that I, I think a lot of women, you know, they just go right for those nuts, man. Like, right, but like, this podcast, she really wasn't even, she was just like, so you really yeah. think that's worse? He just pop, popped yeah. off. So like, I think people just need to get a little perspective, you know? Well, yeah. And I, I think that it's, um, it's also a matter of like, what is for you and what is for somebody else? It's fine to have an opinion, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it my my general consensus is uh I don't care and no means no and if it's centered around like you know if it has to do with me and what we're gonna do together no means no I I'm 
That's mm-hmm. it. No means no, we're not going to. If it has nothing to do with me and you're outside of me and not asking, just doing your thing, having a great old time, I don't care. Like, have fun. That's not in my purview. That's not for me to direct. You're obviously having a hell of a time. My opinions are just Mm -hmm. mine. So you can, you can think, oh, you're horrible for them. But if I'm not affecting you, then let me have my shitty opinions over here because they're not affecting you. And, you know, that's how I feel like it is. It's like only when it gets put to the public square, which so much now, and I think that's the thing is that so much is on the public display for everybody and everybody is just trying to assert what they think Mm -hmm. is right. And it's like, none of us know, like, like really, we're just an asshole and a sea of assholes trying to get out the first fart, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's really, I think what it is. And, um, you know, I'm, I, uh, I think it is sad. I, I, it is exactly what you say. People need to take a deep breath, you know, reevaluate whatever. But, um, (laughs) I think it, it is very sad when people get consumed with that big noise and they can't Mm -hmm. shut it off. Like, and I'm not above it. I've definitely had a lot of that working in me this past week. I mean, you know, that my big noise is mm-hmm. my mother and that's, it was hard. Mother's day, everything. I mean, God love her. I do love her, but like, it's a, it's a struggle relationship um, that we're constantly building on. And yeah, that's my big noise. And that can just make me do things that I just, I, I'm, I mean, I had to apologize for it. I had to like, go back to somebody that I had kind of I did something that she didn't even feel that bad about, but I felt awful about. And so the next day I had to apologize. And I think when you do take a deep breath and you realize that you, you did something that was really egregious, as long as you try not to shit on relationship enough that you can't come back. And we've had our times where we've had to pause and it was completely understood. Like, and we were able to come back after that solid again, you know, and I, I got it. I was like, yeah, I get that. It didn't mean anything. It was just like space needs to happen. It's happening. Okay. Space has been exceeded. We're good. Everything's fine. You know, like. Absolutely. And and that's the thing is that if it, like I said, if it has nothing to do with me, it's not right for me to insert Mm -hmm. myself there you know, and I, I want to, as much as I can, the more and more I can do it because it, it, it's a disservice to me as well to do that. Because while I'm doing that, it's a measure of codependency. I struggle with it immensely. And, you know, if I can't disconnect and focus on the things that are actually, you know, going to benefit my life, I'm robbing myself of vital energy that I need and I'm spinning my wheels with someone else. So that's, that's just a terrible way to be. I don't remember what um, nurse told me, but they told, or if it was a therapist or something, but they said, you know, if you're, if you're um, an ATM and you're giving all your money out, you're not going to have anything left for you. You know, like you need energy first in order to like, like when I was taking myself, I took myself out of work because my mental health was being destroyed by COVID and having to take care of so much death. I was like, I can't take care of the, these people because I can't take care of myself. Like, 
So you have to realize that sometimes that like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious, what were some of the bullet points? Have we covered? I think like, the only thing I came up there... with was the alcohol. <laughs> Love you so much. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got there and like organically. It was great. <laughs> I was like, as long as I remember to tell that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. Um, yeah, like, I, I mean, I just, um, I'm so... I'm just so grateful for all of you. Like this podcast has morphed into a lot of different things. And I think it was only natural because it is called the apprenticeship diaries. And, you know, we started out right away with you. And so people can actually follow you throughout, you know, uh, this space, which is pretty cool too. And, um, you know, I'm excited for, all that's ahead. And I just keep learning and growing, but that's the thing is that as an, as an artist, I feel like it's really important to understand what drives you within your art. And for me, the thing that I've always been really just connected to is story. I love story. I love, you know, parable. I love theology. I love mythology. I love any mm -hmm. of it. I love that because for me, there's so many truths in there and so much human experience and so much to comment on. And with tattooing and meeting with you guys, you share with me so much of your story. And that gives me just worlds to comment on. It's so awesome. It's really, really cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Sure. Oh my God, dude. And you know, um, you <laughs> We have to post definitely the whole what you gave me and what Please I drew. Do. Because like that needs to be part of the post, well, like the screenshot of my scribbles and then obviously the screenshot of my tattoo because Well, you think it's funny, it's but I seriously it's very helpful. And I wanted to bring that up because um I don't think people realize how easy it is to just communicate something like that. And you know, like like you said with um typically now anyway um you are very open with me about my expression typically um but with this particular one you had a very set idea in mind and we had to work it through and you were like how annoying was it and I was like not really because I I get it first of all and also it wasn't it wasn't a big deal but you like got I'm me there the in thing, such... but and I needed to see the flowy yeah. ribbon and I'm like you know what that does look cooler than a straight ribbon and you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it takes, you got to look at the design a couple of times and stuff like that. And even like, I remember when we were doing the feather on my wrist, I was like a feather and you're like, okay, so you came up with an actual beautiful bird feather. And I was like, that's gorgeous, but not what I'm thinking. I literally took a yeah. picture of my forearm and again, gave you my scribbly sketch and you're like, oh, I got you. I can do that. I may I can make it look like it came right off the raven that's on that arm. Like, you know, like, and that's how we work, <laughs> but. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Like if you feel like you are not artistic, draw it anyway, because it can help. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, we're, we have this technology now where you can just, you know, you can take a, a picture and you can just scribble on there. And I want people to know you don't have to do very much to get me there, but it does within the communication. You know, typically I have what, what we did and because we're friends now, that's what kind of breaks down the the consultation right. process a little bit for us, um, which makes it a little bit more back and forth. Yeah. But it's fine. Um, the 
typically I have like really in-depth consultations and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've covered your whole arms and all legs and stuff. So, you know, if it's a huge thing, I usually insist we do that. Um, but you know, for little acquiring things, I'm like, ah, we can change it the day of yeah. if we have uh, to. my favorite is uh, but, um, some leftover pink. That's really pretty. Can you do a ribbon on my middle finger? <laughs> well, and I think it was the pink that invoked it Dude, more than like, anything. Not we waste your like, ink. Look how pretty that pink is. <laughs> right. But even within that moment too, you were thinking I can say this and I can flip off cancer. But I was like, oh, well, we have to make it in that direction. Then. Right. So and we had to rethink. go wild because usually it's the flip flop way, the client of facing me, but it's not even facing me. It's facing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It has to be that way. So we had to even think about it as we were, you know, plotting yeah. it out there and as a, a professional you have to think about that, you know, like, I mean, you even said it too, of like, um, within nursing, you know, there's so many things physically you have to do for your client. They always teach you that you have to physically put yourself and the client, but mostly yourself in a leverage point where you're going to successfully do what you have Mm -hmm. to do. And he said, it's amazing to me how many people like want to sacrifice their own body to, yes, uh, because I, you know, um, I access ports. I put in IVs. So like I'm using needles and the one older nurse who, uh, I had like three different preceptors and she was like, you are the one with the needle. Make sure you are comfortable. Tell the patient to scoot close to you, angle to you, whatever you need, lean them back. You know, um, women have a lot of breast tissue. So if you lean them back, your port will pop out more. Like you got to do these things Mm -hmm. because if you don't do them, because you want the patient to be you know, comfortable. It's not like we're making them uncomfortable. Like, it's just like, Hey, I need you to be reclined to access your port. You can't do it sitting. It's not going to stick out. Right. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're the one with the needle. You're the one who, you know, how to be like, Hey, I think this would look really good, you know? And, but like, it's a collaboration. It always is. You're the artist. I am the canvas, you know, but Yep. Well, and that goes back to self-teaching a lot too. One of the things that you're going to miss is that if you don't have somebody watching you as you do it, you're going to do a lot of things that if you keep doing them over time, it's, you're just going to break your own body right. down. You know, a lot of it, I've been called out so many times on just my posture while I'm tattooing. I still do things now that are dumb, but um, I'm a lot more aware of my body while I'm working, you know, if I start feeling my knee and I know I haven't moved it for a while, I'll straighten it out. Just, and it'll look dumb as hell, but I'm like, so I straighten thing it out. That is making me think about posture is my bone mats and my physical therapist. Like, mm-hmm. Right now I wasn't sitting straight enough. Like I yeah. did not think that bone mats at 30 was a big deal, but she's like, no twisting, no bending, no lifting, no this, no that, no other. So like when I see my boss on Monday about maybe going back to work, I'm going to be like, so uh, I'm on light duty, <laughs> but I'm an yeah. outpatient nurse. I'm not lifting patients anymore, but now, you know, it's right. like, I'm not going to be the person running to go give CPR. You know, I'll be calling 911, right. you know, that kind of thing. So right. like you, you're, just, I'm just going to be switching up certain roles that I would normally go for, you know, and it's awesome because my physical therapist is working with me. Like, how I should walk a patient, but still protect myself. And, you know, it's the same thing with you. Like, you know, you, you know, bloodborne pathogens, like, you know, how to protect yourself, you know, how to protect yourself in your studio when it's just you. 
So it's just yep. Yeah, and even my dad with um a massage when I first like I I've gone through so many ideas of what I would do. You know, same thing, you know, yours was just within nursing, but like, you know, there is a plethora of things that you can get into mm-hmm. with with the beauty world. There's so many things. I mean, tattooing is where I landed because it was a combination of my art and stuff. But at one point I was thinking, oh, I could, you know, I could do massage. You know, that's, that was a facet of the place that I was at. That's something my dad did. He said, okay, first book he handed me was all about body mechanics of the practitioner. He's like, if you're going to do this, the first thing you're going to do is learn how to keep yourself able to function. Because if you don't learn that, you're going to wear down so fast. They don't do that enough. yeah. They tell you yeah. nursing school back mechanics, but they don't. Yep. It's like the you 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 still witness other nurses doing it. Like it wasn't until like I was in the last ICU I was in where like I had bed slings, like ceiling lifts. Like I didn't have to lift wow. a patient. Technically, it's That's supposed so to be great. one person per per fifty pounds, and it was always two nurses like sliding a patient up, and everyone's heavier than a hundred pounds. So, uh, my back was really saved by the slings and, um, now being outpatient, you know, sometimes I have to send stools, but when I'm documenting, I have back support, but yeah, when I go back, I'm going to have to be really careful with my posture and you know, you, you have to be careful with your posture and you have a backless chair and. Yep. Yeah. Which I find that that like there's a lot of people who sit backwards in their chair and they lean up against the the pad in the front. But I find that for myself, even though there are some positions that I definitely can start feeling my low back pull at me. The thing that I like about my saddle chair is that it keeps my core activated the entire time where I feel like nothing is able to atrophy, where if I were to lean I feel like I would pinch my abdominals way too much for comfort because I'd lean into it. And then I, I would negate all these muscles that are there and the stress sensories of my, my abdomen, you know, that's like a second brain. So if you're pinching off a lot of blood flow to your, your, um, your abdominal area, it's going to cause such amazing stress to be released everywhere in your body. Um, I know that my former apprentice, Eric, he would start sweating when he was bent over, he would just start sweating. And he was like, I, this is just normal. And I said, no, I think that's your stress responses. Like this is, this is your body going into high alert saying, Hey, stop it. Like, stop it. And, um, that's what I like about my saddle chair is that, yeah, I find discomfort, but the discomfort makes me know I gotta change up my position yeah, it's a really so, cool chair I, you know I, I think it's cool that you discovered something like that yeah Jordan from um uh, Minnesota showed me that I was like oh my god I want that and she's like oh it's right mm-hmm. here <laughs> but yeah it was such a, a blessing I mean there are there are certain things that I have to switch out to the um to the other chair especially if i try to use uh, wear a dress for the day i can't size saddle a chair on wheels um so, <laughs> it's not happening you're There's not no princess Aries. No. no 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 so yeah like i there are certain things like if i'm gonna make a certain fashion statement i'm not sitting on a saddle all day but you know like that's pending um but yeah i love it and um you know that's something that if you are trying to go at something, you know, without, it's just a matter of like, 
truly all of this is about connection Mm -hmm. and community and sharing with other people and truly loving you know someone else like I I don't think there's a quick route to that I think it takes time I think it takes pain and suffering you know putting yourself in a lot of discomfort and um you know people are not going to care about what you think until they know you care they're just Mm -hmm. not and um you have to take the time to really be there and um you know I think that that's something that I see a lot of nowadays is there's just this urgency to know and do everything, you know? And it's like, dude, just like you said, breathe, Mm -hmm. just breathe, which I might call this episode. I'm not sure. (laughs) Which is funny coming from a girl who has tons of anxiety. (laughs) But you, it's, it's a place of knowledge. That's what I had. I had two pro tips for anxiety that were told by me or told to me from other anxiety people, uh, holding an ice cube severely stops a oh. uh, anxiety attack and sour food. For some reason, it stops the brain process. Like, cause you're, you, you focus so hard on that harsh sour or that cold, cold. Um, I have yet to try it because I have yet to remember it during a panic attack, but maybe if you're, you know, caregiver significant other friend knows that they can grab you an ice cube if you're having a panic attack or something like that I have to remember to tell my person Hmm. and um yeah that's interesting I um I um I find that for myself uh the they're not exactly sour but the better ones are like those sour gummy worms I, I like those a lot while I'm getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. Um, the peachios are also great. They're more sweet than sour, but um, I find that something very bombastic like that. Yeah. It helps distract a lot. So I would think that sour would very much so reroute yep. those kind of pathways. That's, that's really cool. I'm glad that we got yeah. there. <laughs> those are my three, three nurse tips of the, of the podcast. <laughs> very, very cool. I like that a lot. Um, Let's see. Uh, where can people follow you on TikTok? Um, let me look at my exact name. <laughs> I know I changed most things to Chemo Nurse Nicole. Yeah. So it's just Chemo Nurse Nicole. All one word. Awesome. Wonderful. And I'll I'll definitely shout that out. Nicole's going to help me have some presence on TikTok. I kind of refuse to get on there, but um I it's not that I don't want to be on there in some way but um she's gonna be my lead there because I I think it's a good thing I'm still learning I'm in millennial land like how how do I edit a video I don't know bare minimum I got bare minimum and the only reason I started doing TikToks was because there was I just had to vent about my diagnosis and uh, people happened to listen so um I yeah I can bare minimum help you on TikTok but (laughs) for sure (laughs) I got two really cool tattoo TikToks out of this so but you're not having enough attention so well the engagement like you said if you can just help one person if it can induce one person to go check out something they would never otherwise be inclined to and you never know with the more that you do it it might spin into future content things to explore um what I love and I did want to say was that your um 
we do art days together and the first one was very hesitant but this next one that we did you just jumped right <laughs> I was in. ready and I love that yeah you're like I got this man hey, look abstract look, I... doesn't matter <laughs> yeah well and your coloring books are like phenomenal I do think you should share more of those I think that that would be a fun thing for you to do is like um maybe put out there hey I'm having a color book day and you have great playlists too so I think that'd be a fun I think like, something you session. can do on TikTok is put a bunch of pictures in a row and it'll make a video so maybe I'll do that like, uh yeah. like 100 things I colored or some crap like I'll count them all up or something but that's a good idea I still want to do wig trying yeah. tattoo tour like if people want to you know like see things like that like I would show off like my tattoos and stuff or like show try on all my wigs because I easily have 10 but I don't know we'll see how much engagement I get because really I have a lot of followers but the most engagement is on that one video and that's about it so that's what happens. I think you have the potential you have a lot to say a lot that you've already said yeah. and commented on you know, might as well just spin off of your tattoos alone could just be content and self examining each one and then talking about it. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot in there and I think you could, um, you know, educate from the same space. I mean, you started out at least with me, um, with a Pisces tattoo that was very much so about you, but then it went to something that was very reflective mm -hmm. about a trauma. So I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about within that. And it, I think, I really love it when my clients talk about that because um, I think that sometimes people try to collect tattoos like they do like coach purses and fine, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to collect a tattoo, but I do think it's awesome when you can do something that is purely mm -hmm. you and it has a lot of meaning. And that way, when you, when you talk about it with somebody, you can share with them, not only uh, yourself, but just like how, how this image like came about. It's, it's, but so it is cool. also fun to get the ones that mean nothing like a spider web on your head or a Kirby that happens to be a Pokemon, you know, like both of those have meaning. Don't even lie. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so like you can get the fun tattoo, but like, it's cool that you, sometimes I don't even find the meaning of the tattoo until later. You know, no, I have too. a tree of life tattooed on my ribs. And then later on, I realized there was five leaves. There's five people in my family, like my intimate, like my, you know, my family members. I'm like, yeah. so then I could consider that the thing, you know, that a thing, but. Me as well. I, I, sometimes I'm just visually attracted to something and I, I don't usually get it right away, but I have to sit on the why as to why I really like it and then usually it'll present itself of like oh that's why it was super subliminal but it was there and um you know I think I think that's most people but if nothing else it is just that moment thing I, mean, I have dots in my ear for crying out loud I just want to right, you know like <laughs> yeah so I just I just wanted dots that and I, I wanted more jewelry and I have very small ears and I was like let's be real like that's going to look dumb. So just like put a few dots in there and that'll be fine. <laughs> it's reason. I, I, it's are, I not... want my other ear tattooed. Yeah. Like I definitely do. Like, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So uh, do you have any closing notes or anything that you want to draw attention to before we wrap? Um, I guess I just want to say thank you for being my therapist for two days in a row. Um, and oh. I just... 
I think everyone needs to realize that everyone is human. Everyone is going through something. You never know what they're dealing with. So be easy on each other and everyone should love each other. That's my closing remarks. And I had a wonderful weekend with wonderful humans and I'm half Gothic and half rainbow and you can be whoever the frick you want to be. <laughs> and that's, yes. and like fuck it. cancer. <laughs> fuck cancer. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Maybe that should be the episode name. I don't know. Yeah. Even <laughs> if you want to do the little star, like F star, you know, cancer. Yeah, man. I, I go yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, love you. you. Thank you so much. It, it's a reciprocal. There's thanks all the way. Um, you heal me. Uh, it, it's, I mean, I might be a therapist on some level, but you definitely are for me as well. So I just think it's me. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Bye, my friend. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diary. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.